1: Midweek Howl is recording. There you go. Perfect. You know? <laughs> so, I t- so, I t- so I told you uh, before we got on air. I, so my friend Lauren Snap hosts this nationally syndicated show called Pop Crush. And uh, they do they play pop music all over the country or whatever. But okay. she writes articles. It's because you can go to this Pop cru- Crush and it's kind of like pop culture. You know, so she so she wrote an article and I'm gonna read it because it's kind of relevant for something that else that's uh happening and it kind of fits for maybe because we're getting an October Halloween season. Okay, I'm ready when you are. So the title is Jeffrey Dahmer's Glasses are for sale for a hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Okay. So the infamous aviator-style eyeglasses serial killer Jeffrey Dahmer wore in prison are currently for sale for $150,000. According to TMZ, the notorious glasses are being sold by Taylor James, the founder of Cult Collectibles. The Canada-based shop specializes in cult-related collectibles and true crime murderbilia. Uh, he told TMZ is finally willing to part with the glasses the Milwaukee-based Murder of War. However, the glasses aren't the only notable piece in his collection. James claims he acquired Dahmer's glasses and several other personal items, including Dahmer's... Now, this is what I would be bidding on: Dahmer's cutlery, uh, his Bible, family photos, photos and other memorabilia from a former housekeeper, uh, cult collectibles... Website currently features many of the items for sale in its Jeffrey Dahmer collection. Um, but if you're interested in the glasses, you have to reach him directly because they're not just going to be sold on the uh, website. And it's the reason it's kind of uh, noteworthy right now is uh, the um, new Netflix series about Jeffrey Dahmer's life is all is going on right now, which some people have told me is pretty. Pretty good and disturbing. Um, So the grisly story of the Milwaukee killer, who was arrested and convicted of killing seventeen boys and men between 1970 and 1990, and uh, so we, so me or you, and any of our listeners can uh, can get his glasses that he wore in prison for 150 thousand dollars. How about that? It's not going to be me. It's not going to be you
2: Well first of all, I'm going, how do we know they're real for real? You got a certificate of authenticity, and how come the guys that kill him killed him didn't break them And how well, did they go from prison in Wisconsin to Canada?
1: Well, that's this so apparently to the story, the guy that owns the 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 cult classic memorabilia place bought all those items from a housekeeper, which I can't afford a housekeeper. How did Jeffrey like, yeah, what, what do we, you
2: mean a housekeeper?
1: I don't know. Was it the housekeeper in prison?
2: Well, was she trying the, to, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Was she trying to, did she get contracted with the state of Wisconsin to clean the crime scene up or something? I don't know. There's, there's just some stuff there that I'm, I'm,
1: um, well, how does, so
2: first so of all, are, the only thing that I would buy that cost a hundred thousand bucks is a piece of property Maybe a Holland and a Holland shotgun, and that's about it. I mean, I can't think of a single thing in my in my imagination. And that's me getting old and boring that that I would pay a hundred thousand dollar for.
1: You know what <laughs> well, I, mean? sir, I Can't uh, even think anything. Well, well, certainly, if if I was going to buy anything, it'd be his cutlery set, right? Do you mean, use it at like
2: Thanksgiving and stuff? Would you Maybe. sit the table with it and make everybody use it? And then after they got done,
1: tell them this, by the way, I hope did you enjoy our new knives? They were Jeffrey Dahmer's, <laughs> okay. which is terrible to think and say for the victim's sake, but for the sake of our podcast, that's just crazy. You know what I'm saying? That's just crazy. Um, Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, it's just weird how that stuff becomes, um, you know, and that is something, you know, who's going to end up with those is that uh, Zach Baggins, the guy who has the uh, one ghost show on the Travel Channel and has the uh, uh, museum out in Vegas with all the haunted stuff. He's got a lot of Charles Manson stuff and uh, he just has a lot of crazy stuff that, that sounds like something he'd end up uh, getting, you know, to put on display out there i'm not sure i would go want to go to a museum to look at that stuff anyway you know would you i mean is that something you'd care about
2: you know i've been to the um Madame two shows wax thing you know in vegas
1: yeah.
2: yeah i went to one somewhere else where's another one at uh niagara falls yeah it was somewhere else uh, anyway, I've been to a couple of those things. I, if I got my kids, they want to do goofy stuff like that. But myself, I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm, um, it's, you know, well, I, hey, I was on a, I was on a, a le- Maybe it's because I just come off an eleven hundred and thirty-six mile road trip that I don't feel like going anywhere, and certainly don't feel like <laughs> going to a wax museum or
1: a haunted museum. That. <laughs> where was the road trip where where, where was your on t- 1100 mile road trip
2: i took my kids out car out to virginia beach for me he's in the navy and i told him when he got settled wherever he's at i'd bring his car out to him right
1: yeah
2: and um so about three weeks ago i said tell me a weekend that you're gonna have off so i can bring it out to you so we did the math and it was this weekend right so of course i tell my other, my little brother i say hey now his car is my one of my It came out of my dead brother's stable it's a uh, convertible bmw 328 oh yes okay. so we put some new tires on it for him cleaned it up you know and i told my little brother i said well i'm gonna bring a car out this week and of course i didn't think about it too much until he said Good effing luck driving through the hurricane. I was going to say. And I'm like, dude, the hurricane's in Florida. I'm going to Virginia. Right? (laughs) So, what started out, a nice sunny trip ended up, oh, and I had a bunch of phone calls to make, too. So, I get in this, and I don't know how many convertibles. When's the last time you were in a convertible? But a convertible to me is like a Jeep. You know what I mean? It's like a wind tunnel. This thing is was quieter with the top down the day before than it was with the top up while I was driving it, right? So I got my Beats headset on, which apparently nobody could hear me talk on. Did I try to call you Thursday or Friday? Seems like but <laughs> I, nobody I talked to. I think it's because every, the first couple people I had to call... Uh, couldn't hear me like my brother was like call me back when you get somewhere i can hear you anyhow by the time i got to virginia dude it is blowing 80 80 miles an hour and raining torrential rainfall right oh yeah yeah and and i had a i had a i guess i would call it a third i don't know a two and a half to third I met a a friend of mine. Asked me if I was interested in this job. I said I was. He introduced me to this guy. So that would be our first conversation, right? That guy said, "Hey, I I, the the guy that works out of our runs the state of Kansas. I want you to talk to him." So it would be oh. So I met the guy that. I'm just going to say it. state capital. And he said, I want to talk to you next week at length when nobody's around. So the next week at length, we talked on a phone. We talked salary. We talked some stuff. He said, I want my guy from Kansas city to talk to you. Or our guy from Kansas to talk to you. And how's the first part of your week? Look now, the first part of the week to me is Monday or Tuesday, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I said, "Perfect." Well, the guy he didn't call me. He couldn't, of course, my old lady said, "Did they ever call you back?" And I said, "No." But so on Wednesday, he said, how's Friday at three o'clock sound." And I said, "Okay." Now, my my personal thoughts was, "Dude, that's the first part of the week. Is your <laughs> first part of your week is Friday at three? That's my kind of
1: company." right?
2: (laughs) I mean, that's my kind of place, right? Yeah, of course. Unfortunately, Friday at three, I was in Richmond, Virginia, pulled into a loves truck stop to take this call in my kids convertible. And it's, it's, it's the perfect storm out there. It's, it's a combination of twister and perfect storm. And I'm in a convertible. And after about 15 minutes, my roof starts dripping in two spots, exact same spot on both sides. I guess the water was getting in between the roof. Like it didn't really have a good drip edge, like a normal car would. Right. So when yeah. you're driving, I pulled over to get gas and just loves, and I knew I was talking to these guys at three and the roof was almost dry. Cause I guess the way the wind blows it over the top, right? It doesn't really hit. But sitting in the parking lot, man, it's dripping right on the passenger seat, right on the driver's seat. So I got this giant wet <laughs> spot between my knee and my hip. And then, of course, everybody, their brother is texting me and calling me. And every time it texted and called me, it would drop the Zoom call. And it was a Zoom, you know, sign into a meeting. And, 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 oh, yeah. So I'm in a Zoom meeting trying to, trying to, <laughs> trying to negotiate a, a possible job, as much as I hate to say it. And, I'm getting dripped on, and you know, and I'm, I, you know, between the, and I have to tell them, dude, I'm in a hurricane. I'm in a, a hurricane, I, whatever the hurricane was. And they're like, oh my god, are you serious? I said, yeah, I was driving my kid up, kid's car out to Virginia Beach. I'm parked here, and, and, I didn't tell them I was dripping. <laughs> I maybe you know? could, tell. <laughs> I maybe could tell. Well, they never called me back, so. Oh no. What's well, I, you know, I don't know. You know, they said they're going to let me know something next week, which is... This week? I guess today, well, Monday, right? yeah. Boy,
1: next week, according to them,
2: could be, like, Saturday. Yeah, who knows, man? Who <laughs> knows? And I don't even know. They asked me
3: a... a. They asked me a, a question... They asked me about launching a... Uh,
2: new product essentially right yeah and i'm trying to remember how exactly they worded it but it was essentially a brand how how, you know if i was going to start from scratch launching as a brand and i i i had this great idea but i didn't tell them my great idea for two things because then i didn't want them if they didn't give me the job stealing your idea you know is that bad of me is that bad of me no no and in some time today, I was thinking maybe I should have given them that idea, so they don't realize, You know what I mean? They they don't. You know what I mean? Maybe I maybe I should have pushed it over the edge and took it. I, you know what I mean? That was I had the winning play, and I did. Yeah,
1: that might have been the clincher, right there. And I right did
2: run it. Yeah, yeah, but then I was like, I don't know if I want to give them the secrets to the, the secrets to the safe because then they don't need me. That's that is quite of. Uh... quite a quandary right there but i told my brother i said dude i think i could take this i think i could start my own company and do what they do because i got the idea you know what i mean i got i mean i'm i'm I'm, and i'll talk to you offline about it but not that i'm that way i'm pretty lazy which is the reason why i'm doing this (laughs) podcast in the basement and not out in jail getting ready for the (laughs)
1: snow to fly you know my look i'm doing it in the basement too So, don't don't feel (laughs) bad. Don't feel bad. You know, i was some
2: dude on Twitter tweeted the other day that said, uh, your follow-through is, uh, your ability to follow through means more than any, to basically follow through a bad plan will probably have a better chance of success than all these good ones, you know, that you never complete or whatever. And I
1: thought, dude, that guy's talking about me. (laughs) Well, then you should that that should uh, spur you on right to follow through no i told my brother i'm just about to give it up Mm -hmm. i told a
2: guy you know i worked a little bit today with a friend of mine and i told him i said you know i'll never make two million dollars and he said why and i said you know because once i get the first million i'm quitting i don't (laughs) yeah we were talking about bitcoin as a matter of fact i had the opportunity to buy bitcoin when it was ten dollars a piece and i thought it was a scam
1: you, well, even if it was a scam you know ten dollars a piece is worth taking a shot
2: well my buddy was buying it when it was a dollar a piece
1: oh boy how many he did was he trying get?
2: to get me he was trying to get me to buy it and then i didn't do it and then he was bragging to me hey it's up to ten dollars now and and that's when i was telling this dude the story today i said you know I Could have never been, you know, because it's up. Uh, what is it, 24,000 this week? I don't know. I mean, it's way down, but it's still yes, but it's still more 000. than. So, had I bought a thousand dollars worth, he was trying yeah. to me, buy a thousand dollars worth, which would have been what a hundred of them at, yeah, at ten dollars, yeah, $1, a yeah. hundred of them. So, and when they were at 50,000, he was calling me saying, See, I told you, I told you, I told you, I said, Dude, I would have never made 50,000 because once they got to. If I paid ten bucks, once they got to a hundred bucks, I'd have dumped them all.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, you had a hundred thousand dollars. That's quite a profit, right? So, I mean, that's incredible. I
2: guess, yeah. I mean, I don't know, you know. <laughs> that's why I can't make it as a country singer or songwriter. Because the first time I got a good song, somebody offered me a little money, I'd
1: give it to them. You know, <laughs> it's uh, I, maybe that's my problem. There you go. I'm That's st- right. I'm still, I'm still waiting on him to offer the money. Well, I will.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, geez. So how was your son happy then to see you? Like- oh, he's great. Yeah, I, absolutely. I got on base I saw a picture of him on the ship.
2: I took that picture, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. we went out and we saw some museums. we done some stuff. And, of course, the flying home was freaking tragedy i had to get up early in the morning and go over to norfolk and get on a plane that had a mechanical issue a computer issue and we sat there and sat there and sat there and sat there said we were an hour and a half delayed coming out so as i'm oh, turning yeah. on my phone in chicago it texts me and tells me you missed your connection and i'm like no i didn't i got 14 minutes well by the time i got to the gate they'd closed it up and left or you know what i mean so i got there at 1001 the flight was taking off at 10. so
1: Oh gosh, see would sit there and wait.
2: Yeah, so then of course the, the app was trying to rebook me for the next day. So I walk over to the ticket counter and this guy goes, Well, we got we got two flights to Columbia and that one's already left and the next one's booked so eight thirty tomorrow, which was today, or seven thirty. Well, you know whatever time it was this morning. Or I said, How about Springfield, which is Springfield, not too far? Okay, uh you I got one you can land at nine thirty if you go through Dallas. And I'm like, what? what?
1: why would you go
2: to Dallas and then because she didn't those? have, well, I don't know, you know, it's the airline industry. So, so I said, how about St. Louis? And she said, okay, I can get you. She said, well, I got one It leaves in 34 minutes in St. Louis, which I had seen that one originally on my thing, you know, cause I was, and she said, no, the door's are already closed. They won't, it, the machine won't let me give you that. Cause that was just, I could run back to where I was anyway. So I had to sit there, six and a half hours to finally get one to St. Louis to where my brother picked me up. Thank goodness. He, you know, my French brother picked me up and brought me home, actually brought me over to the shop and I took a car from the lot home. And, uh, but my point was, it was 17 hour day to get home. I could have freaking drove home from Virginia <laughs> faster than that. Uh,
1: yeah, I would say so. I would say so. I mean, that, uh, Gosh, in that flying I did a couple weeks ago to go to Utah, that was the first flying I had done in almost 25 years. And I just, it, it, I know it's convenient and stuff, but man, I just don't like it. <laughs> the whole thing, I just don't like it.
2: Yes. And, you know, there was a million times I wish I had the people with me on this podcast with me because I I was just, I was, those, those people, are, you know, I saw so I walk up at Norfolk and, and I've flown out of Columbia, Missouri, and I know it's going to be a little plane, right? And I've got a carry-on, just a little roller bag, nothing special. <laughs> but I decided, because I knew I was going to have a fairly tight connection, it was an hour and a half or hour and 40 minute connection in Chicago, okay, I went in and decided to check my carry-on. So when I go through the airport, I've got my billfold in one pocket, my cell phone in the other pocket, and a little, in a, in a, in a charging cord and little plug-in block in my back pocket. That's all I got. I don't even have a jacket on. I put a long-sleeve T-shirt on. Put my jacket in my bag. I don't got nothing. I don't even have a ball cap on. Okay, I don't have nothing. So. I go over to the kiosk. It says, uh, Anyway, I check my bag. It wants me to pay 30 freaking bucks. American Airlines. I'm like, Oh, yeah. Okay. So I paid 30 bucks. And then the next icon says, You're in a small plane. Would you like to check your carry on for free? I said, Yes. I'm trying to back up. Yes. So it printed me two baggage labels. So then I walk over to the ticket counter to get this gal. And I said, Hey, it was prompting me to check my bag for free. Yet it charged me thirty bucks before I got to that. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I know what you mean. So so do you get your thirty bucks back?
2: No. She said, Well, you done paid the thirty bucks, you done checked that one. I said, No, it's my carry on. She goes, Ain't your carry-on if you checked it. Oh wow. In some shitty East Coast <laughs> you know, ebonics. And I just said and I don't know why it made me mad, but it made me mad. So then I go through the freaking gate. No problem. Go through TSA. I get to my plane. It's delayed. I miss my connection. Um, What happened? Something happened in Chicago. And I missed my connection. Yeah, so I was just like, okay, so now, not only did you not give me my 30 bucks. Oh, I was in boarding group six, right? Which is like the last people to board. So now me as a, as a, as a. As a student of the theory of business, right? You would think the guy that you just screwed up his ticket, you know, you you had a bad plane. that couldn't take off. He sat here for seven hours. You'd think you'd put him in boarding group one or two, wouldn't you? No. They put me back in boarding group six, and you got all this whole plane full of people with bigger carry-ons than I had. Okay. And they all want to bring them on that plane that ain't got any overhead space. Okay. So then the guy tells them, well, you just put it wherever you want. So you got people in the front that walk to the back, they put their carry ons in the back. So then when, when the door goes ding, I can't get off the freaking plane because they're trying to go against the stream. I'm said, dude, and then they're calling back, hey, can his is over 15 there. Can you get it? No, I can't. And they look at me like I'm going an to And I was like, I said, you should have freaking checked it. Like me, you know what I mean? You should have <laughs> checked it. What's well, the black one? I said, okay, which one you want? And he goes, the guy in the middle, you know, it's like a fireman line. And he's telling me, it's the black one. I said, which one? That black one, that black one, or black one? There's four freaking black ones. The one above 15. I said, well, that narrows it down to two. Is it that one or that one? You know, and, and it's like, I'm wanting the guy to gotta shut the F up. And sit down and let us get off this frickin' plane. And you walk back here and get your luggage then. You know? <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh man! But I got all this these one. Johnny Durant's helping him, you know what I mean? I just want to say, he's a frickin' stranger, man. He's a frickin' stranger. You got the whole goddamn line up, you know?
1: I think there's a lot of people listening or feeling your pain.
2: So finally I just pulled this fucking back bag off and passed it up through these people and they let us off the plane.
1: Uh well at least you made it home, right? Yeah, I
2: mean I'm here now. I'm down here in the basement.
1: <laughs> uh-huh. Oh man. Yeah, so oh, I'm going
2: dude, I can't believe I used to fly all the time. Uh-huh.
1: Well, did you get? I mean, so the way you used to fly before, you had kind of special treatment, right? Yeah, so. in
2: some places, but in no, others not. Well, and then there's another thing. Like me and my brother was talking, I could have flew. To, I could have flew to Germany faster than I could fly from Norfolk back. You know what I mean? Yeah, the international flights are rarely delayed, rarely canceled. Sometimes they're delayed. Usually, it's for weather on the landing end. Okay. And and they're rarely canceled, and there's one boarding and one unboarding, and the overhead bins are bigger. You know what I mean? I'd rather fly to, you know, I was going to say Mumbai, but that's not true. That's a whole different story. Did I ever tell you about flying to Mumbai? No. Oh, my God. So, anyway, when you fly in the out, I don't have any Sikhs I got listening. So, I'll probably make my Sikh friends, fans mad, but <clears throat> we used to do this trip through Amsterdam, right? And and Amsterdam is the collection point for for a variety of airlines from a variety of places. That's the best way I can explain it. Okay. Okay. So, like to get to Mumbai, you go Minneapolis to Amsterdam, switch planes, go Amsterdam to Mumbai. But So I'm trying to choose my words without making a bunch of people feel trashy, okay? <laughs> okay. So you fly over to Amsterdam, you spend the night, you get up the next day, you fly to Mumbai, spend the night, get a day off, you drive around <laughs> Great Town if you like humidity and bugs and curry, and <coughs> in history, and you get back on the plane the next day, and... there's a certain cuisine that they load up there that just i guess it's curry it's just a you know so you got this seek you got a special i don't know you just they just there's an aroma in the aircraft going from mumbai to amsterdam right so then you land in amsterdam, you go to the hotel the next day you get up to fly to minneapolis so you get on the same different plane, you know big bird big triple sevens you know we're talking 200 people in coach 40 some in business 24, and you know, you talk 210 people, 217 with the crew, probably 220. But you get all these people from the African continent, the Asian continent, and they're all on this plane to go to America. Okay, and as they come down and serve the food and the beverage, and the, you know, on an international flight, as people that my listeners that know, know, and the people that don't, I'll tell you, my Arkansas friends have never been out. Of the, you know promised land. uh they put you on that plane about an hour 30 to 45 minutes off after takeoff they give you uh, the drink cart comes around and depending on what time of day it is either breakfast or lunch or snack but they put some food in you and to get you to shut up and sit down and watch movies for a couple hours right yes okay half of the 162 people in coach take their trash throw it on the freaking floor because they are not from a place in the world that doesn't has garbage live. cans. It, it has, has garbage, garbage cans. cans. Yeah, you know <laughs> what I mean? That's about the best way, right? <laughs> yeah. So, these seven flight attendants ain't going to pick up 90 people's worth of trash. So then an hour, t- you know, so then you're, 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 if you go to the bathroom or whatever, you're like, it's like Christmas. You know how Christmas in America and those kids unwrap all that shit and put all that paper on the floor and all that yeah. ribbons. And you got to get up early, say, Go go up and you know, give me something, put all this paper and give me a trash bag. You can't even get up and go to get the trash bag because you're
1: <laughs>
3: okay.
2: Yeah, so that's what you're doing. You're just <laughs> over through all the the debris. And every once in a while, there's a metallic, metallic clank where somebody's. You're stepping on somebody's soda can, and then it's soft. You know, you get a soft one every once in a while. They didn't like what they were getting, so they just threw the whole piece of article of food in the floor. And then an hour before landing, they come out, you know, with the food again, and it's like double refuse. I, I'm stunned.
1: What like you just throw the trash on the floor? I get what
2: the floor is think t- man. Floor of the plane, I've been in it a million times. I'm stuck. Uh-huh. I never, I never. But you fly out of Frankfurt, you fly to Frankfurt or Paris or London, and it don't happen. But you fly through Amsterdam, it's sky's the limit, dude. Sky is the limit.
1: Uh-huh. To, I'm gonna have to make a note about,
3: that, about What
2: that. do not fly? Three. I'm not saying do not. In some ways, it's kind of appealing to me. I kind of like, you know, when you go to a place like Mumbai, you realize you're in a different world. You know, just to me, going to Amsterdam is like going to Boston, right? Old brick town. Yeah. You know, there's certain places that have the same feel to it because it's been a town for 500 years, right? Lots of history. You Lots go history. to Mumbai, you're in a different world, man. You ain't in Kansas no more. I guarantee you that. <laughs> so it's got an edginess to it. You know, edgy it's got an edgy trashness to it. Uh-huh. I'm sure I told Mumbai stories on this podcast before, haven't I? Tent cities and chickens on a walking down the sidewalk, cows in the street, people crapping on the sidewalk. I've never told you them
1: stories. No. Well, oh come on, on the dude. Hey.
2: <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I thought I've
1: told you these stories.
2: Oh I don't. So I draw let me tell you what happened to me. I draw a coveted Minnesota wolf hunting permit in about two thousand and ten or eleven. Okay, they're protected. It's hard to get a permit. They they don't even hunt them up there anymore. So, but whatever. So I get this wolf hunting permit, and then I get to have to go to Mumbai this week. And uh, the week, so what? The, the wolf season stays open till they have a quota, right? So I yeah. don't know what, but so usually by the first week it's done because you know they might give out a thousand permits but they're gonna close the season when 100 of them gets killed because you know they've got to put 10 times more permits than than they want killed you know if they want 100 uh wolves killed they got to give out a thousand permits because nine out of ten people can't find one or catch one or see one you know what i mean yeah so i get this wolf hunting permit but i gotta go to mumbai so i'm kind of pumped about it i'll be honest with you uh, it is my first time over there. And this buddy of mine says, hey man, where are you staying? And I said, Well, the Leela Mumbai. I'm gonna pull it up right here. I'm gonna be some So you guys look at Leela Mumbai. If you want to see Best Hotel, the Leela dot com. T H E. L E E L A dot com. Leland Mumbai, it's, I'm telling you, it's, I'm going to click on this rooms 101, let me see, I'm going to see if they got, we were upstairs, in like the presidential suite, stay done, anyway, this buddy of mine says, have you been there before, and I said, yeah, and he goes, oh, it's such a shithole, and I said, huh, and he said, oh yeah, he said, where are you staying, I said to Leland, he said, you know what's what's weird, I said, what's that? And he goes right across the street. It's a big old grass field, beautiful. And he said, about eight or nine in the morning, you know how the Muslims have a call for prayer? And I said, yeah. And he said, well, they ain't Muslims over there. And he said, but you look out there and there'll be about 30 people out in this field and they'll all be taking a crap first thing in the morning.
1: The field.
2: And I said, huh? The field that's for prayer? It's they're, not a heal for prayer. We were just, he was just saying, you know, how oh, in the morning, he, it, you know, in a Muslim country, they all get out there and pray. He was saying these, a uh, grass, vast portion of this population is going to be out there taking the crap out in this field. He said, when I got up before I put my glasses on, I thought they were going to be out there praying or something. and I realized they're out there taking a dump. And I thought, man, that's a hell of a thing to say, right?
3: <laughs> yeah. So,
2: you and then he said, dude, you ain't never seen Blue Tar. What was that Slum Dog Billionaire? You know what I'm talking yeah, about? See, yeah. Okay. It's fifty times. I don't want to say worse. The, the poverty you see in that movie is fifty just fifty times more of it. This is the best thing. You've been to Cincinnati. Yeah. Now you've been both sides of the river.
1: Oh
2: yeah. Okay. You know when you're on the Cincinnati side and you're looking over Covington, Kentucky, over the Rhine there, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Down there by the by the Red Stadium. Yep. Imagine every single thing you see across the horizon, right to left, east to west, on the south side of the river, would be a blue tarp. Oh gosh. Okay. When I say three miles worth of blue tarps, I ain't kidding you three miles further of or go out to vale and look at one of them ski slopes it goes up there you know what i mean this is just you know a thousand acres of ski slope it'd be blue tarps so anyway we come in there in the middle of the night and uh of course we got weapons uh, our team leader was a girl female whatever you want to call her <laughs> And there's a process that we have to do because you're bringing guns and ammunition in these countries and she, they won't deal with her. I mean, we sit there at customs for an hour and a half. I said, what's, you know, what's going on? Well, they won't deal with me because I'm a woman. And I said, well, you want me to talk to them? Nope. They're going to, by God, they're going to, they're going to deal with me. I'm the team leader. So you're sitting there another 45 minutes. an hour. you and me to talk to them? No, by God, they're going to deal with me. I'm the team leader. I'm like, that means something in America. But we ain't American anymore. You know what I mean? Obviously, after two and a half hours, they don't care. Right?
1: That she's she's the team leader.
2: Yes. Because they ain't going to deal with her because she's a woman. They do not want to talk to her. So, finally, they wear her down. And after a couple hours, she gets... Me and and my my there was there was two girls and two dudes you know I'm there with another guy right so so then they they print the paper out for us and then there's a process that that we go through and on our paperwork a lot of places stamp it right they they had.
3: How do celebrities drop
2: weight? I'm this? choosing my words here because I don't want to give out a bunch of secrets, but they. Had a candle. When it come down to the sealing the paperwork, they lit a red candle and let a bunch of wax drip on this thing, and then stamped it with a crown. So it's like you're back in the twenties or forties. You know what I mean? You're you're you know, you're old school, right? Okay. These people are freaking old school. Okay. So. The Leela sends cars, send two cars, beautiful five-series uh, BMWs, and you walk out the airport, and I mean, there's this was shortly after the... You remember the um, when the terrorists took over the hotel, the Taj Mahal, killed all those people? It wasn't too long after that. So they had dudes with Jeeps and, and 50 cows and stuff. Nothing you'd really need around an airport. You know what I mean? If a tragedy would occur the these these indian pakistani policemen would have probably killed twice as many as the damn terrorists if they opened up with these cannons you know what i mean in a freaking airport um so we get in these cars and we're driving it's the middle of the night and it's just got an eerie hazy feel we go down over here to the leela they're building a soccer stadium or something across the street and i just remember looking out of my hotel room and i kept thinking of the original blade runner because they're welding at night and sparks and stuff are flying off this eight ten story roof you know what i mean oh, and you yeah. feel like you're in yeah and you got all those sights and smells i mean you know that when you're watching the original blade runner right oh yeah it's something else it. so yeah anyway the hotel's got a big brick wall about two foot thick about 15 18 foot high around like a whole city block probably if not bigger with the hotel in the middle you got to go in they stop there's a checkpoint they got to stop the car even though we're in hotels cars from the hotel remember yeah they you know put a mirror underneath it open the trunk search it all just do just do uh uh Every single thing you could think of, like pulling on a military base. And then you get in there. So if you get on Leela Mumbai and hit the junior presidential suite, you will see, you got your computer up, you will see what my accommodations were there. Let's
3: and see. Are you on it? Well, I'm trying. I'm not sure I'm
2: spelling Mumbai right. Just hit leela.com. Thealila.com and then pick the city when it gets you, it'll give you a bunch of op- options. So, of course, my partner with me, my partner bought brought a bottle of, uh, so I'm hungry as hell. And that's another thing they say don't eat anything there, you're going to get sick. Well, I went to REI and I bought me a straw to, uh, if I need water, you know what I mean? I brought a bunch <laughs> of hiking, backpacking shit with me because I'm not going to be stranded somewhere, right? course we got took got water and snacks off the plane or whatever and we go over here to the hotel my one of my partners in the in the deal he's he got a little old half pint of uh whiskey and because you can't buy liquor there's no liquor in india you know and uh he says well i'll come down to your room you what are you gonna do i'm gonna try to get something to eat so anyway he come down to my room and uh I ordered something from room service and we just hung out or whatever. Well the next morning, sure enough, I get out and look out there and there's this big old grass field and there's just people taking the crap out there isn't
1: it? <laughs> in <your, coughs> it. Are your, you on the website? Have you seen Oh it? yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm seeing the uh the Leela the Beautiful best hotel. place. Oh gosh. It's yeah,
2: like absolute uh, beautiful place. Absolute beautiful place. So,
1: so across the field there there are people taking
2: yeah, they just go out there and they just go, man, where they want to go. It's like it's the Wild West without without cowboys, without Indians, without guns.
1: Did you stay it, in the deluxe suite, the junior presidential? Junior, suite? junior
2: presidential. Junior oh presidential. Because they kept telling us it was a presidential. Three of the four of us got presidential suites, and then they ran out of them. And, and my whiskey buddy, huh. he had a, just a normal hotel room or suite. I mean, uh, uh, I just
1: feel bad for him.
2: I mean, look at all, that. I got in and it, and he was like, "Dude, this is better." Than, I know people don't have apartments look like this. Oh,
1: that's pretty.
3: nice. So it's
2: it's like those people are in like, and, and that's why I think I like them so much. You know, if if I those was president, the, if I was president, are, I would immediately import a hundred thousand, hundred fifty thousand Sikhs people from India uh a year because they are the hardest working nicest kindest and they have an element of hardness to them you know what i mean that they're not mean so so i you know when when we see them here they own hotels and liquor stores whatever. you know what i mean and 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 sometimes they're bad neighborhoods or whatever when you walk out of this neighborhood so I'm, i'm getting screwed up here we pull in they mag our cars we get up they have a conveyor belt like TSA. You put your, your bag and your stuff in it on the outside of the hotel, go through a bag and they run their thing in, 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 your bag pops out on the other side so they can scan it for explosives and stuff. So, I mean, this is real security, secure shit, right? So we decided we're going to go out on the town the next day. We have a, Determine when we're going to meet, right? So we go down in the hotel, big old buffet, breakfast, biggest, biggest, biggest breakfast, uh, uh, biggest breakfast buffet I've ever seen in my life. Well, maybe well, I don't know. I've been to some big ones in in Vegas, but it's as big as anything in Vegas,
1: right? Big as anything. Uh, in, and what's the guy for food? Like, what, what just
2: they food? I mean, everything from, from, so if you go over there to dine and hit that first one, citrus or whatever, you just you I mean everything from snails to ham, you know, eggs, bacon and sausage and crab and fish. And I just just I mean whatever I mean, I don't know.
1: Just, you, you you had me at snails. <laughs>
2: whatever, right? Just freaking whatever. And uh so anyway. I go down to the concierge and I say, "Hey, we want to a good car." And he says, the "Cars are expensive. You know, what do you where do you want to go?" I said, "I don't know, but I, you know, we're gonna go out on the town." And uh, he says, "Well, if you rent it for the hotel, I've got to, you got to take two cars because they're not big enough." Now, remember, they had five series Mercedes, so I'm thinking that two girls and my partner can sit in the back. I can sit in the front. Do, that's all we need. He says, "I know a guy." Oh boy. and 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 my dude in minnesota told me just get go to the concierge because these guys have been there a million times you know state department approves this place it's supposed to be you know secret service stays there this is the real deal hotel so i said okay he gets on his phone and 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 talks and whatever they talk you know and next thing you know this dude's rolling up through the mags through everything and like this you know the the best thing I like an old Mazda six two six or something, because they're all five speeds over there, you know, pulls right up. This is your guy.
1: In a, mods,
2: in a Mazda six two six. It's what it looks like, but it's not a. I mean, it's I don't. Maybe it was a Mazda six. That's what it reminded me of, right? Okay. So I look at Mike. That's the part my partner with it, and I'm like, is this for real? And they're like, uh, you know, the thank goodness the, the three people I had with me, one of them was from Seattle, the other two were from Minneapolis. So they were very open minded. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. Because if you if I had three boys from Arkansas and they're from Branson in there, they well, wouldn't have gotten a car. You know what I mean? Yeah, like they wouldn't have got a car. So, and me and we had worked out those little, you know, if some bad stuff happens, there's different ways we. You know, and we we play these role playing things in our mind and work it out. If if, if we ever get wrapped up, you know, that's like kidnapped or whatever. These guys are going to choke out the driver, kill the driver in the back seat. I'm going to push him over out the door. You know what I mean? And because sometimes you get in some cars. You know, I mean, I got in a car. We got me, I, me and my team got in a car in, in Paris. That, that 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 you know, I joked with them later. That was the closest time they they've ever came to a terrorist. But that's a whole another story. But anyhow, we get in this guy's car. So I'm the biggest, so I gotta sit in the front. That's just the way it is, you know. I'm six three, 250, You know what I mean? I'm getting yes. in the front. And so if I'm in a Mazda six two six by myself, it's crowded, right? But they're in the back seat. We got the little Pakistani driver, and he's got these little dingleberries. You know what a ding ding truck is? You know how they <laughs> He's got these little felt velvet, like this, the roof of the, like the roof hanging right? down. there the fringe. yes, like the hanging roof down, of this right? car has been stapled and tuck pointed to look like a uh, uh can of bed canopies, so like sort canopies. of more like I was thinking more like a the pillow from a New Orleans whorehouse or something, and <laughs> and it's velvety. He's got these dingleberries all the way around it, and on the dash. He's got little bobbleheads, you know the bobbleheads. Looks like the Noah's Ark. It goes from little hyenas and and leopards and stuff on the left, all the way to tigers and and elephants glued to the dash of this little car. So when you're going, the thing bears are rolling, and all Noah's Ark, all these animals are pointed downstream you know, out the window, and their little heads are bobbling. You know what I mean? <laughs> like Noah's Ark. We're like Noah's Ark rolling through Mumbai, and he's like, "Where do you guys want to go?" We said, "We don't know. Just kind of show us the town, you know." And
1: we, boom, boom, boom. And,
2: you know, he takes off like you're going somewhere. <laughs> you don't go anywhere in Mumbai because there's too many people, right? Yeah. And I yeah, exactly. don't even, you know, <clears throat> like everything. I've got a video camera. I'm rolling in in 1080. And you know what's funny is I got my. I was watching some of it the other day on my computer here, just Mumbai videos of just just five lanes of traffic on a three-lane, you know, uh, tuk-tuks and rickshaws, you know what I'm talking about, and, <laughs> and cars and cows and people honking constantly, and they see you, and because my old man told me, he said, hey, you're in Mumbai. move by if the beggars get on you, you gotta just beat them back, and I thought that's awful shitty to say. They would see us in that car and know you're Americans. And our driver told us that to roll the windows. You're American. They would see, and these beggars would run through three lanes of traffic to get over there. Oh, you American? You know, wanting money.
1: Uh-huh. That's crazy.
2: So the first place he took us was Gandhi's house.
1: hmm.
2: And I got to Gandhi's house. I bought a book and and anyway. Just wow, man. I don't even know where I was going with this story. Where was I going with this story? I don't
1: know, but you went.
2: <laughs> you know what I mean? I just... Oh, he gave me a bunch of business cards, and I was trying to find one yet the other day. I had him on my bulletin board at my office in Minnesota, and when guys were going over, I'd say, hey, call this guy for a ride. So, hey, he rides us. He drives us around so long, we just get tired of looking at stuff. During he's down to Bollywood, he brings these people... Two of the people with me brought these uh, Persian rugs, or what you know? What's the fancy rug? Not Persian. Is it Persian with? Yeah, Persi- yeah, Persian. Yeah, Persian rugs. Yeah, and uh, I mean Turkish
1: rug or per- 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 I mean,
2: yeah, yeah, Persian. Uh, whatever. You know what I mean? These thousand dollar, fifteen hundred dollar rugs. And uh, anyhow, we couldn't hardly talk him into bringing us back because he just wanted to show us more and more. And at the end of the day. I said, what do we owe you? And he said, I think it was like 65 euros, which at that time would be like 75 bucks. So we all give 20 bucks to him. So I ended up giving him 80, uh, four, 20 euros, you know, me. So I gave him 80 euros. He told me that was because he's a normal cab driver, but his brother in law is the concierge at the hotel. Okay. So he said, that's more than he makes or about what he makes. The whole month driving, you know, like driving for four, five, six days a week for four weeks, he makes about eighty euros, and we give him that was what we give him that day. And I told him, I said, dude, I wish I could get you to America. And he said, oh, can you get me to America? We kind of joked a little bit, but he seriously said, oh, he said, I, if I could get to America, I could be so rich. And wow. I was like, Yeah, he could because he would work seven days a week. You know what I mean? If he yeah. was. A, uber driver or taxi driver you know what i mean then that's why I, you know i wish we could have an exchange program where we could take a bunch of these shitbirds birds we have walking around america and just ship them over there and and swap them one for one swap with seek taxi drivers or something
1: mm-hmm. uh, we could use because some if of those, gonna live, hey, some this, those guys at the yeah, post office to because be if honest, they're
2: gonna hey, you know because I, I keep seeing all this stuff out in la and 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 some of these big cities where the homeless encampments and shit are i mean because if they want to if they want to shit out in the grass and live in a tent a blue tarp tent they might as well go somewhere where it's not frowned upon
1: thank you for tuning in to this week's episode
2: of the from the shadows podcast until next time never shy away from the darkness or what may be lurking in the
1: shadows we are out (laughs) <laughs> God only
3: knows tidy in our shadows. at parker our purpose is simple we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently by using more sustainable practices by developing better technologies